0: This is a Socialist News and Views special
1: interview. I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis with this special interview.
0: Hey, how's it going? There, how's it going, Nick? Long time. I know,
1: right? It's been a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so on Socialist News and Views, we let folks introduce themselves. Do you want to just tell listeners about yourself?
0: Sure. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Rafi Ruchitsky. Uh Konstantin Ruchitsky, as I used to go by. Um, I was born in the USSR in Kharkiv, Ukraine. And I um, I spent most of my time in uh, the longest I've lived anywhere though has been in Minneapolis. Um, I lived in Minneapolis where I went to school uh, for over a decade, um, and so I'm, I'm familiar with uh, with kind of uh, the various kind of socialist politics around the city, um, and uh, and also um, and I study. Uh, I myself study refugees and migration, in, mostly in Eastern Europe and in Ukraine, especially. Uh, and so I, um, you know, I'm also familiar with with uh, various current affairs, global affairs, and um, and of research on um, on 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 migration and refugees um, in, in different parts of the world, but especially in Ukraine and Russia. Uh, so so I'm. I'm here to, you know, I was invited here to kind of talk to you about Russia and Ukraine more generally. So I'm just going to turn it over to Nick and ask you, what do you want to, um, what do you want us to focus on? There's just, there's so much to talk about.
1: Well, I think, you know, I mean, to start, I, I just wanted to at least briefly start where our conversation most recently started in November of 2023. Um, and I was actually just watching another little video on this this morning, uh, Sasha, uh, Skochelenko was sentenced to seven years in prison in Russia for posting stickers critical of uh, Putin's war uh, in Ukraine in a grocery store, little, uh, you know, grocery price stickers. Um, I mean, I think that's, I mean, it just highlights, that's an outrageous sentence, first of all, obviously, for for posting stickers. I mean, something that, you know, activists all across the city do all the time, uh, seven years in prison. And when I posted that, you said uh, on the post, quote, she's uh, an awesomely positive and courageous person, honored to run into her in Petersburg at an art event once. I hear she has a serious medical medical condition and may not survive Russian prison, but having met her just once, I know she has the spirit to survive it. That's why they may be targeting her to try to break her, end quote. And I saw, you know, I just saw in this video for today, you know, she's in the prison cell, she's smiling and waving. And I think, you know, I think you're right in that, um, that she's a very spirited person and a person who's really courageous and believes uh, very strongly in what she's doing. And again, that's why they're uh making a a target out of her i just i just wanted to start out i wonder if you could speak just a little bit more about her about that encounter um what that event is because she sounds like an amazing person and a very brave individual to uh to stand up against the war from inside of russia
0: yeah thanks nick um well first of all i want to say that she's far from alone i mean even when i you know spent my a year change in Petersburg in 2014 and 2015 where I taught at a university there and had the pleasure of very briefly meeting her. Um, you know, their, uh, repressions were ongoing. I mean, in the U S we have state repression, you know, people being put in jail, you know, in Minneapolis 10 years ago, we had some activists who were targeted by by the FBI for their international solidarity activism. This is kind of in the same kind of genre, right. Of repression where there is, um, you know, uh, there's, there's an, an imperialist war that is, uh, that is ongoing and the government, um, uh, you know, representing that imperialist war, right, is trying to re- repress dissent right. um, in, in the country. So, um, you know, and I, in, and in my, you know, my experience, I just met her briefly, um, you know, I think it was, if I can remember it correctly, it's been a long time now. I think it was an, uh, an, an event dedicated to migrant rights in Russia um, struggles I've been involved with in the U.S., instead even Ukraine. Um, so I think she read a poem and helped see the event. I spoke with her for just a few minutes afterwards. But so most of our good call is that she had kind of a glow and curiosity about her positivity um, that you talk about, and and I also understand from her supporters. I'm not personally in touch with directly, but you know I know people who 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 have who know her well, um, and, and she's a well liked figure across the new left in Russia, um, and perhaps that's why she was being arrested. Um, she's being targeted um she is you know she's kind of a, she's a very honest person from what i understand and so she, they were you know if, if i think often when you have state repression happening in the us i think we can learn about actually right we could see what governments do and i think there's patterns to it right um you know they've often target people who are um you know often the most upstanding and upstanding uh, and honest people in in movements and try to and try to um you know try to target movements in that way so um and I understand from her supporters, she was very widely liked figure, right? So she was arrested in this very simple act of resistance. I I, I, I hear that, you know, she she used to go around grocery stores in her everyday life and she goes shopping and put stickers on. You know, I think palace, Palestinian solidarity activists in the in, in, in U.S. And around the world do that now with Israeli products. They'll go around and put a sticker on right on how it's made in Israel, right? This is a very similar kind of thing she was doing in Russia, but actually informing people about not the product, but the war Um mm-hmm. and, because there's very few places that Russians can look that they're not thrown with kind of massive loads of propaganda that glorify the war um, and, and tell the truth about, you know, the horrors of the war and the, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that have been killed and millions just right. right. So there's very little places that Russians can look. So she was trying to shine a light on that, right, from within the belly of the beast there. Um yeah. So, you know, she's also an out lesbian. She's a health issue. She's a, pub, you know, she's a public figure. So she, there's reason. There, it makes sense why they would target her in terms of a campaign in Russia, um, against kind of uh, it, that would be benefit to the state, beneficial to the state. But she's surviving in prison, you know, and you probably looked on her Facebook pages where a lot of her supporters gather from around the world that are outside of that support committee. Um, and she seems, you know, she seems to be just fine, fortunately. That's good. Cool. Um, so, but again, I want to stress that she's far from alone in the massive right. state of repression that has uh, been widely uh, exacerbated since um, uh, since since the war began. And uh, um, so, for, uh, for example, um, renowned Russian socialist uh, and uh, uh, politician, uh, new left a uh, new left politician, Boris garlitsky who was an, also an academic for a long time in the School of uh uh, in the higher school of economics the university that's now kind of been taken by the russian state and a lot of the dissidents kind of expelled from there he has been after we, you know he has been sentenced to um i don't remember i think it's up to seven years in prison by a russian military court he was first acquitted um and he simply again posted some remark online right i was against the war so he in the 90s he was kind of a a more of a political figure. He's an intellectual. He's in the school of um uh globalization, he's, uh, globalization social movements and in higher school of economics in Moscow. Um, so he was recently charged. Um, and he's he's gonna be going away to prison. And it's uh, so in, in sure. and then in Russia, this happens all this 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 has been happening for a long time, but it's been wildly exacerbated since the war. Um so even more recently, there's this guy, uh Sierra Kravlov. Uh, a who was who's being accused of it um if i can represent this uh, in, in basically what's in russia called the distribution of um of of uh falsified information about uh the the the, the russian armed forces right mm. uh, so in so there's there's these various new laws that have been passed in russia that have been kind of pre- used as pretext to um detain and charge and put away for many years a lot of um, people who, you know, shine a light in dark places, um, in Russia. And, um, so I encourage you guys to, uh, to, but I encourage you guys to also consider, to also not just follow, you know, repressions in Russia, um, but also, um, but also remember that in Ukraine, you know, most people who are at the brunt of this war, right. Those are the voices we should be really listening to, right. There's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of, uh, people who have, who have perished, who uh, have taken arms to defend, um, to defend, to defend Ukraine, to defend Ukraine, or well, mostly a lot of them on the Ukrainian left that have perished mm. in the war. Right. Uh, uh, you know, I can, I can talk a lot about those folks as well. Um, including yeah, one of the website that I, we mentioned before we started the recording that I want to recommend to many of your readers later, the commons. Um, there was an edit, one of the major editors of that website, um, was uh, was killed and was uh, has has recently died and and a few people who have been um international solidarity activists who have you know fought in Rojava um in and and, and have also have been have also have fought in um with 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 leftists in U- for ukraine um against russian occupation imperialism so um i want to make sure that shed in light on those voices first and mm-hmm. foremost you know there's a lot of there's a lot of repression in russia and actually most of the most of those folks have left. A lot of those folks have left. Mm. A lot of the people I knew in Russia have left, um, and uh, and so you know whether they go to uh, whether they've left to former Soviet republics or went to Europe or the U.S., a lot of those folks have left. Um, and you know it's you know I myself left as a kid. I had no volition, right? But it's also showing right that a lot of the unlike Karolitsky and you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of, most of the kind of Russian, uh, left and intelligentsia and professional class, um, in general, right. Are leaving Russia, Mm. right. That will, that will often dampen the possibilities for, um, for resistance from within Russia. So I don't want to, while we, what we talk, I want to caution and kind of glorifying some of these individuals that are, are courageous, right. That we also consider that, there is a lot of people that have left the scope right. of oppression so wide and so broad that a lot of people have left Russia. Um, I don't know when, if they, they will be coming back.
1: Yeah. And you, I mean, yeah, they kind of, we're getting into this. I was going to, you know, say, you said it's the, the beginning of the war that, uh, the beginning of the Russian invasion that you still had friends and family in Ukraine. Obviously a lot of people have left Ukraine as well, uh, at different times. Some of them come back, some haven't. Right. Um, and so, do you still have a uh, number of friends and family in Ukraine currently? Um, and, you know, what are they telling you about the situation there? What are they telling you about the ongoing uh, fighting happening in Ukraine? Um, I'm a little bit curious, too. I don't know if you've heard anything If any of these people that have left Russia. This is just kind of coming to me now. But any of these people that have left Russia and maybe are in Europe or I don't know where they are. Is there any, you know, discussion going on between people that have left Ukraine and people that have left Russia about, what do we do especially people on the on the left are they you know right. are they meeting up like physically at all anywhere in europe and and talking about uh, these issues i wonder if you've heard anything on that but first what are you hearing from friends and family in ukraine
0: yeah there are different questions but um i to the to the first you know i've i've not first of all i have not been back since the start of the war um but i you know in the years preceding the war um in decade, I would say, preceding the where I, I'd, I'd been back often. Um, I started my graduate studies in, and and so I've, so I studied, um, I often look to study people that had left Ukraine since my family had left. So Ukraine is often a transit and new immigration country for, and also a reception country for, refu- for refugees from all over the world, not just former Soviet countries, unlike Russia. Okay. Um, so I, I kind of looked about, looked at the various politics that uh, result from, Um, EU and Russian foreign policy towards Ukraine and how that impacts refugees. So that's kind of like why I've been back to Ukraine. But I have most of my personal family have left. So I can tell you a little bit about, you know, from like uh, a research perspective, like what I, about the, about what's going on in Ukraine, about who people are coming, going. But personally, my personal, my family had left in the 1990s, most of them. I have some extended family left in Ukraine. Um, but I myself am from the frontline city of Kharkiv, mm. which is 40 miles south of the Russian border in kind of north central eastern Ukraine. And that has been, you know, remember it was it was nearly surrounded by Russian troops in the first early days of the war. Kind of Kiev was, right? And um, and and but has been con- under continued and almost and da- nearly daily bombardment. Um, you know, uh, the city stands. It's not. You know, Marinka, or it's not Avdivka now, right? It's not occupied, but it's it's um, it is a city that is courageously resisting invasion. So I've most of the people I know are from you know are from all you know all over Ukraine, but I know people in 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 Kiev and also in, in Kharkiv. Um, but they are. Uh, it is interesting that a lot of the people who I know personally who had left in the early days of the war have come back. Mm. Right, whereas people I know from and this is just like a personal trivial sure. observation, not a scholarly observation. Whereas people I know from Russia that have left, have, have stayed away, um, and and you know, and that and I think that's actually attributable to the initial Ukrainian, I mean, unlike, very unlikely, I think, resistance to the initial invasion. This is before you know any 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 international uh, support. Weapon, weapons, weapons uh, were were coming to Ukraine. Ukrainians basically, with their bare hands, fought off a massive Russian invasion that resulted in total destruction and um, probably permanent occupation of the country. And the, there were very fine margins there at the, at the end. But I think the very fact that people have come back um, is because of that initial, um, you know, successful resistance, right, to the wholesale. Um, invasion occupation, when every city was being bombed, and there was a massive invasion of the whole country that was underway, right? And the Russian troops were driven back. Most people in that aftermath who had left, there was over 10 million people had left their homes. Some of them from all over the country, but most from the from now occupied parts of of eastern Ukraine um, had left. Many of them, many of them had gone to Poland, right, and other parts and their countries in Europe. Um, and almost, and more than, but more than half had stayed and had moved on to Western Ukraine, kind of more remote parts. Many of them have all. Uh, many of those folks have returned. Um, of the people, especially that were internally displaced, who were not in underoccupied territories, those folks are still, you know, living elsewhere, mostly mostly around cities now and major cities in Ukraine, like Kyiv. But the folks who are in 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 those those some people in Poland had like have have been able to stay. Many of them have been forced to return because of um, the initial kind of welcoming rolled out the, you know, the carpet kind of policies that Poland and and other European countries first opened to Ukrainians. Right. And some uh, some people were pointing that was was somewhat contradictory to the ways that um, Europe has treated other migrants. Right.
1: Right. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So but like. All of that has been undone. It's done. Yeah, it was it was it was undone. It was a very temporary policy. So you pull policies used to get like, um, uh, you know, a, a bit of a, a subsidy for hosting refu- Ukrainian mm. refugees, housing subsidy. That was that was removed within months. Um, you know, the 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 various social supports that were available for Ukrainians are removed within months. Uh, people have stayed because it's. The next country next door. I want to remind people, right? <laughs> like, uh, like Palestinians in Lebanon or Syria, like that's just the most proximate place you can go, and culturally most proximate, right? Um, and so, you know, there are social supports that were organized, but the, in 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 Europe, unfortunately, in Poland especially, the right wing government there, um, a lot of those support social supports were rolled back pretty quickly. I think it's ironic that a lot of those folks were kind of calling for. Why are Ukrainians getting special treatment? They weren't getting special treatment. There was a budget right. mass displacement scenario. There was right. almost seven million people who were displaced internationally at first. Um, it, that were, you know, there were some initial kind of disaster level kind of initial supports that were rolled out. A lot of those were kind of rolled back, and they were rolled back um, thanks to kind of this um, unholy alliance between the left and the, uh, the, the 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 tanky left and the and the right wing government in Poland. Um, to to uh, to kind of roll those back. Um, fortunately, most of those people who have since returned are are not in uh, are not from the occupied territories. Those that have left and are tend to be from the occupied territories and have nothing nowhere to go to have gone some. I would I think you know the vast majority have gone to your to EU countries, um, and and a few in the the United States has allowed a new, there's a refuge, there's a new kind of um, program for Ukrainians that was developed you for you, you, the number four you, if you guys want to okay. look at, um, and it was, it was a temporary program and it's, it's due to run out soon. It's only, it's only allowing a hundred thousand people to enter mm. You're marked by Biden. They didn't cap that, but they haven't really let in many more either. Um, so it's not like the U.S. has also been very welcoming to the Ukrainians who are, you know, in part, uh, you know, a product of uh, uh, whose displacement, much like Vietnamese folks, you know, are a product of, you know, co- collaboration of various f- events that have happened in other countries that are attributable to U.S. US policy, right? So right. The U.S. has not been very welcoming to Ukrainians is what I want to highlight for you guys, right? If We're talking about people leaving. Um, and that's one of the things I want to stress, right, is that we often hear like, oh, you know, in today's world with so many international conflicts ongoing, the world seems to be exploding. and the, but we right. don't want we don't want to pit people against one another and be be very, you know carefully study what is happening on the ground before we make judgments and for and for whatever political points you want to score. Right. as Ukrainians have been not on, not in the receiving end. Ukrainians are not considered white in Russia. In mm-hmm. the former Soviet states, they're considered an other. It's not in a racial way, in a global kind of race, in the global kind of decolonial politics that we know of, but in the region, they're not. Ukrainians are not seen as kind of um, an ethnically, are not seen as a kind of an ethnically um, uh, dominant group to whom are ascribed, you know, very negative cultural characteristics, right? And that's and they're judged in that way, not. You know in europe they're judged as kind of europe's mexicans right in russia mm. they're judged as kind of like backcountry hillbillies sure you know? and, and it's in and and, and and so even some of the even the few ukrainians that have gone to russia mostly those from the occupied territories had no choice were basically given a russian passport and said you're russian now mm. keep their ukrainian passports most of them actually go to the eu eventually sure. um uh those that have stayed um, in Russia, are are not doing very well. If you look, there's there's a little bit about this that's starting to come out now, and um, so a lot of those, even a lot of those Ukrainians who are um, who are basically from the occupied territories, are now coming back to Ukraine and going to the EU um, that have for years. So a lot of those, both both those, those those that minority and the vast those seven million people that went to um, uh, outside initially went outside to to uh, outside of Ukraine to Europe have come back um, many of them within six months um, but certainly that is the case you know a few years down the road the folks that have stayed have tend to have more resources and, and were able to settle in Europe um people who have not been as as often goes for these conflict for for conflicts of and these displacements um, people who are uh people who are working working class people right? right who are who actually are bear the brunt of of this war and I don't have the resource to um to stay in light of the lack of social support, right? Are the ones who come back. Um they are often um there there are there is actually some substantial support that um in Ukraine that has been organized self often self-organized um uh, uh to to help people who are returning. Um and there's a lot of those are professional organizations and NGOs that um have been you know Are often have been working internationally for a long time, um, UN agencies, etc. But a lot of them are just kind of often self-organized. And um, and a lot of them are struggling, but a lot of them also- Like
1: mutual aid kind of things you're talking about? Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that's interesting to study. So there's a couple of folks um, who are looking at how kind of mutual aid, various mutual aid projects are developing both around the war and for and around displaced people um, who are often- the ones who are most the ones who come back are also most to be most likely to be uh patriotic, right? And are are actually mm. back and and be involved in the war effort. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the news we hear these days. Oh, Ukrainians are demoralized. You no, know, like a lot of people are still volunteering mm. for and even coming back to the country to to volunteer and fight against the occupier, right? So um Don't believe all you hear basically. And and the bigger story is the bigger story is here, you know, despite, you know, various moods and people are pretty disappointed about recent changes. The, you know, the the guy that basically the army, the army general, Zalushny, right? He was he was actually uh he he was taken off the as the as the head of the armed forces a couple of months ago, right? Right. Most people are pretty upset about that, right? Mm. Kind of, but overall, people are steadfast in their um, in their support. They understand this is an existential crisis for Ukrainians as a war of independence, Um, and and they are and and most people, though despite you know obvious uh, you know personal struggles, are like they're donating every penny Mm -hmm. to make sure that um and 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 like you know making sure that um their friends and families uh kids have coats when they're going right. to the front right so i encourage you guys to support various socialist internationalist projects um of uh you know of, of i can i'm happy to share with you right sure
1: well yeah right, i was gonna i was gonna say you know from the the...
0: and from the right that are fighting for Ukrainian for, for ukrainian independence against russian occupation and i encourage you guys to support leftist projects that um a lot of those on the right tend to uh tend to have kind of Fettered out they've not been institutionalized in the state as you often hear from Mm. uh states but they do have some some organizational support uh, power um and, and so leftists who are fighting for ukraine need a lot of support and they need a lot of support from within ukraine so instead of often as we hear kind of marginalizing ukrainians as kind of like you know being the two as we often hear misunderstood right as puppets of the us let's actually look at the struggle of what it is on their right. end, its own terms and look at the leftist groups actually fighting on the ground and support them right um urge your readers to consider um not just what people are you know people right. who have fled are doing but also um people have come back all right and people have stayed and what they're doing to and what we can in international solidarity support Ukrainians that are against occupation, because if we support, if we can get folks, I think strategically as socialists, right, if we can, if we show the world, right, that we are morally consistent, right, in mm. supporting Palestine, supporting Ukraine, right, against very different forms of, very different forms of occupation, right. extremely different, right. Um, but they are still different forms of occupation. We can actually achieve international solidarity across those groups um, and, and across different oppressed groups in emerging conflicts around the world as well. So again, people have left. It's important. It's kind of what I study, but people have come back um, is an emerging field of interest for me. Um and um and, and and so, you know, just as Palestinians, you know, have for generations sought to return, right? Sought return, Ukrainians also seek to return home, you know, um to Donetsk, right, to right. uh to Luhansk, right, to those regions, Donbass that have you know i've traveled to when i was a kid i have visited a lot of them in my last 10 years before they were occupied right the, all those things are not going to go away just because mm-hmm. you know some 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 donald trump is going to decide he doesn't want to send weapons to ukraine people are going to keep fighting they're going to keep fighting to the last um they're going to be they're going to keep fighting until, until 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 there's until they can actually re, re, reclaim and, and 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 go back to their land um uh, and this goes, so I, so I want to remind you all that, um, today in that, uh, you know, we haven't been in a war for two years, right? Uh, there's the long war is actually started about 10 years ago in Russia first and next Crimea. Um, and so in, in this, in this time, you know, there's a lot of media you see out there about, well, the war has been going on for 10 years. Um, yes, the war has gone on for 10 years. Um, and, uh, but to 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 consider how it has gone ten years, how it has come to this, right? We need to understand um, the relationship between Russia and Ukraine, right? Not just as this kind of like you know one country in the Soviet Union, but it has a lot of there's a lot of di- internal dynamics to the region that where where Ukraine has been historically kind of colonized and marginalized in that uh, both both territorially by the Russian Empire before the Soviet Union, right? And um and during Soviet times as well. Um as uh, so we, so if we as socialists we're we're serious about understanding um understanding as internationalists, right? We need to understand that history. Um so I'm happy to, you know, I think the later questions maybe Well
1: yeah, I mean that was what, yeah that, that yeah. was kind of where I, mean, I was gonna go.
0: Yeah please I was just go gonna ahead. say,
1: you know, I mean the you know yeah I the, you know, Ukrainian people don't just do whatever the U S says. Um, but also, I mean, I think we know the U S motives are not pure by any means, right? Like the U S is, is not a, you know, benevolent, you know, friendly, uh, whatever they have their own interests, uh, in Ukraine and working people in Ukraine are going to be in the middle of all that, both on the Russian side. But if there's some form of end to this, that then the U S is going to try to find ways to, um, be in a dominant position Ukraine and the left is going to have to organize against that as well. Um, you know, because they want to maintain control of their own, uh, lives. Um, but like, you know, I just, yeah. Do you, I wanted to, um, find out a little bit more. Are there, you know, cause we're seeing this from the U S are there things that you want people in the U S to you've talked about a little bit to understand about the relationship between Russia and Ukraine, both, you know, currently during, uh, uh with this ongoing, um, uh, Russian occupation, as well as, you know, historically, uh, the situation between Russia and Ukraine? And are there any books or movies or news sources that you recommend folks um, uh, check out that, you know, off the top of your head, uh, uh, yep. give give some good information on that, uh, on that piece? Sure.
0: Well, first of all, um, obviously, the U.S. doesn't have, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, it's good intentions. That does not mean, however, that we should fight against international solidarity with Ukraine against Russian occupation. Um just like we fought, you know, for a socialist for an independent uh Rahab, right? In and and actually and 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 support Kurdistan Kurdistan. We should support oppressed people and against their fight in against occupation um in various regional conflicts. Um the we don't live in this um Tinky multipolar world that everybody seems to cry about on the Stalinist end, right? We live in we live we want a non-polar world. We want a world. In order to get to a multipolar world, we must support people who are fighting against oppression and colonization. But to do that, we need to take seriously the role of also of the U.S. United States. Um, to to think to 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 look at that more carefully. Um, I encourage you guys to check out and to think about the political economy of. Um, not just the United States as a government, but the various transnational economic interests, right, that often determine and often more recently not tend not to determine um, U.S. and EU policy. Right. Uh, uh, I would like you guys to turn your attention to the British economist Simone Pirani, um, P-I-R-A-N-I, um, He has studied Ukraine and energy politics in Russia and Ukraine for decades. Um, His most recent, uh, the uh, Ukrainian website Spilne, the commons, commons commons.com.ua, has a wonderful interview with him from uh, just less than a year ago. um, And I encourage you guys to read it. So thinking uh, in, in it, he highlights how Russian elites um, in oil and gas, elites are often aligned with transnational business interests in the U.S. So it is often in the interest. So, so the reason we see so much resistance to um, Ukrainian to supporting to support, it, it, I think the reason I think we have we see so much resistance to supporting Ukraine in the last from the from the right is because of some of these business interests. Um, and and so we and, and and the reasons for that are very you know I don't want to explain here sure they're, they're, the energy and gas politics are such in, across Europe and that involve U.S. interests as well to a degree are in in such that business interests want to make sure that Russia right actually main Russian elites maintain control over um, maintain economic and political control over Ukraine that is why there are there there's there's an there, yes, there isn't part of kind of an in state interstate kind of conflict, but the broader political economic currents that are under undergrading the war today should be understood in, in, in terms of how, you know the restrictions on oil prices and the prices of Western companies in the Russian energy market which are which are historic which are which which, which go back long before the war. And we need to understand how that um, how those foreign investments have worked in Russia. That involve a lot of U.S. interests from Exxon and on um, to 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 understand what is hat to understand how um, uh, how and why uh, you know U- U.S. has or maybe has not supported mm-hmm. Ukraine. In fact, the li- the the extent to which uh, the extent to which and the kinds of of armed support the U.S. has sold as, as 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 given Ukraine are actually quite minimal. If you would consider the the what has been requested. And what has been what is actually needed to make sure to to withstand um Russian assault right in in, in the early days of the war, you guys dragged its feet for years and still does. So, in that, so in, in in thinking about the political economy, we should we should look at what's happening on the ground with uh transnational um transnational um financial institutions on one hand, but also. Um, the Western companies in the Russian energy market and what their interests are and what their connections to interlocks are with with, with American politicians. It's not as simple as an inter-imperialist conflict, um, as some of, as, as some folks on the tanky side of, of socialist politics in Western world like to think. We need to listen to Ukrainian socialists and a lot of people who have studied this for a long time um, to to think about. Um, uh, to to really understand what's happening. Um, In that sense, to to get to your second question about um, uh, uh, things to read. Current analysis, again, I want to draw your attention to is a kind of a pop academic, but very accessible website on analysis. It's not for news. Um, uh, The Commons. A couple of books in addition to the Commons. Um, Sergei Plokhi's uh, the Russia-Ukrainian war, the return of history. So this is a wonderful book on the long history of Ukraine and Russia, and how um, uh, from from a history from a top Ukrainian historian you know, globally renowned. Um, if you want to try to clarify what is what happened in the Ukrainian revolution, revolution of dignity in 2014, there's this book called "Without the State: Self-Organization and Political Activism in Ukraine." It's been it just released over the last year by um, by Emily Chanel Justice. She's a Canadian. So this book. Um, and i'm just going to tell you a little bit more about it i guess yeah I guess, blurred screen you can't quite tell Oh uh, it was in the
1: middle for a second yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm going
0: to tell you what it is it's got this you know the the the, the main square in Kiev, uh the, Maid, uh the maidan that it means square uh literally and so uh, that uh, that was uh, that was occupied by protesters in 2014 led to the revolution of dignity after um after uh the failed EU trade agreement that was opposed by the pro-Russian president and pro-Russian president of Ukraine. Um, it's about the actual event and the, various, and, the lef, and the role of the organized left and the new left in participating in the Euromaidan protest, which is very which is very misunderstood, I think, in the West, especially in the Western left. Um, and it's called Without the State, Self-Organization, Political Activism in Ukraine. It's by Emily Chanel Justice. Um, I encourage you guys to check it out. It just came out in the last year. Um, it's on University of Toronto Press, um, if you want, if any of you guys are really into reading it, um, she, uh, check her out, she, I think she's at, um, um, she's at the Harvard Ukrainian Institute right now visiting for a year, um, and she, uh, and, uh, and she's, she's off, she's in maybe in Finland right now for a year for a fellowship there. Uh, but she is, I'm happy to introduce you guys. If anybody wants to do a book club and read that book, I, I would be really interested in doing that. I've read it once myself. Um, there are a lot of people who mentioned in that book who are, who are fighting for Ukraine and leftist battalions, um, in and, in, in, in the territorial defense forces, which is kind of the, the newly assembled, um, newly assembled arm of the, of the Ukrainian army from the ground up during the invasion um and so a lot of those folks who are aff- affiliated with socialist organizations and anarchist organizations in ukraine are um are are prominently featured in this book um and so we're and, and so there are, so so we need to understand also not just um the the ways in which um uh in the ways in which kind of russian and u.s politics plays a about how ukrainians from the ground up what they want Right? right and how and how they come and how this is just about a fight for dignity. Right, the revolution of dignity was mostly about self-organization against, um, you know, a, a, a capitalist economy that was benefiting oligarchs. That's really right. all it was. People who just wanted to live a quality of life without, um, w- without, uh, and, and and where it, not in a system that is that is that is ruled by oligarchs, right? And uh, where where wealth is very unevenly distributed. Such as in Russia, which has, if you read Simon Piketty, right? You know, I was all right, all right. Uh, if you read Piketty, you can you see a lot of you see that Russia has some of the worst inequality in the world and, and it continues to do so. Ukrainians did not want to live in that way um anymore, as in and in, in the ways in which Ukraine had been tied to Russia for um for even in the decades following its independence. They wanted to cut it off, they wanted to have a trade agreement with the EU, which would not have been the best but it would not have been the FTAA either, right? It was actually a pretty solid um, agreement that had some social rights involved, even as you, Ukraine was just not, continues not to be a part of the EU. This continues, the long struggle continues there as well. So we need to support Ukrainians and understand what that event was about and the role of the left. So I encourage you guys to check out that book. Um, but the book by serhii Plohi would be, um, Would be my choice for anybody who wants a broad overview of the relationship between Russia and Ukraine and how we've come to this place um, with the with with Russia's full scale invasion in 2022, um, and from a historical perspective that goes back centuries, um, and and but mostly in the 20th century. He's a hist- he's a 20th century historian, nuclear historian. Um, so he studied the, the Cuban Missile Crisis, for example, and this is his new book on the region um, in the aftermath of the war. Um, it's on again, Sirhi Plochy, P L O K H Y, and uh, I'll I'll send that over as well.
1: It would be great. Well, I really appreciate you uh, speaking with me. Is there you know is there anything else that you want to say before you go, or or or, or uh, share, or recommend, or plug before you go?
0: Yeah, I'd like to you know remind 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 everybody of you know the the Commons website. The the that I that will send along as well, and to keep to keep uh, keep an eye out for current analysis there, and to follow Ukrainian Ukrainians who are not just Russians who are imprisoned and and, and facing uh, you know state repression, but to follow Ukrainians who are prisoners of war, support Ukrainian socialists who are fighting um in for for against occupation, um and even though even as we are uh even even in in solidarity with right. People all over the world that are finding occupation, and 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 uh, and it, it, and I think that the two struggles of Palestinian resistance to uh, to to is to Israel's occupation, on one hand, and Ukrainians' occup- resistance to Russia's occupation, are very different. But they have a lot of align. There's a lot of alliances to be built there, where uh, against the geopolitics that we see uh, r- ruling today, um, that would I think build up um build up a more uh a more ethical and just and practical socialist alliance across um that that is understanding of the international uh, international economic interests of 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 oligarchs around the world and of elites that seek to um seek to make sure that people are divided, right? And we need to make sure that people are united um, and understand how these movements are interconnected so i encourage you guys to read inform yourself a little bit more follow um uh follow follow the comments um comments uh uh the the, the official website there is is uh, i'll send it along right
1: um, comments.com.ua,
0: comments.com.ua yeah slash en
1: yeah. if you need
0: english slash en for the english word.
1: yeah well I, right. pre- I really appreciate your time i'm glad we were able to finally connect and uh you have a good rest of your day
0: thanks so much nick
1: Take care. Bye.
0: Take care. Bye.
1: And that's our special interview. Thanks for listening. Solidarity. This has been a Socialist News and Views special interview.